You're listening to The Reflections Podcast, a weekly show about personal growth and self-reflection. I'm your host, Ren Michelle, and this is episode number 12, Showing Up. This is round two with Brittany Plunkett. You guys loved our last episode, so I invited her back because last week we were texting each other and... I noticed that two people who are new to my life asked me almost the same question. It was really interesting to me because I've noticed that if something comes up more than once, it's probably something that I need to look at or work on or pay a little more attention to. I like to use this podcast as a platform to talk about whatever I'm going through, whatever my friends are going through, whatever I think somebody else may be going through, and and I can shed a little bit of light on it. So I was texting Brittany and I was like, hey, you know, this person asked me a question that I didn't really know the answer to. So what do you think? We started talking about it and I stopped her about halfway through and I was like, wait, this is a whole other podcast episode. We need to finish talking about <laughs> Let's this. Let's start this next week. Let's finish talking about this yeah. for the podcast because I feel like other people, other women especially, would want to hear this conversation. And I would also really like to have it stored somewhere so that I can go back and listen to it, you know, at a later date, maybe sometime in the future. So I had a conversation with a guy and He asked me a question that I honestly have never thought about. And he said, I know that your work means so much to you and that you spend so much time caring about other people, but how do you like people to care for you? And I didn't know how to answer that because I I was almost like, I don't. I think that's like really the... The core of it is we spend so much time taking care of others. We're not, as women, and I mean, of course, men, but in this term, in our terms, in our situation, women, and we often put how we want to be cared for on the back burner. Or even a lot of us, I feel like, started taking care of others so early in life, maybe even a parent or like in our case, we had children early. So like, How people showed up for us, we never really fell into that space in life that these are the kind of people or this is how I like to be cared for because we were literally already caring for so many people. We didn't have time. So it was one of those conversations that until someone asks you or until you get to a point where I was a couple of years ago where I didn't even know what my favorite color was. I didn't know where I really wanted to go. I was always constantly in the back of my mind thinking, well, where would the kids rather go? Or where would he like to eat? Or where would my friends really want, like what would really be fun for them? It was never really about me. And I think that's where we all fall into this gap of feeling uncared for, unloved, unsupported. I didn't feel any of those things though. When he said that, like, I get energy work done, you know, pretty regularly, and I'm pretty good at self-care. And he's like, I'm not talking about self-care. I'm talking about how do you want other people to care for you? I was very honest in that conversation. I was like, I really don't know. So I'm going to need to think about that. I think it was two days later, I met someone else to have coffee that I have never really hung out with. We spent about two hours together just talking about everything. And before we left we were 
on the topic of how it's hard as an adult, especially as a woman, to make friends. And she was just saying that, you know, she doesn't really have any friends. But one thing that she wants to be is very intentional about the friendships that she does have and how she shows up for her friends. So she looked at me and she said, how do you like your friends to show up for you? And I was like, okay. Um, Here we are. I was like, that's that's really interesting that you asked me that because that's almost the same question that the guy had asked me like two days before. So I'm like, okay, God, I, I get the picture. What are you <laughs> trying to show me? The whole way home, I was thinking about that. So I text Brittany and I'm like, um, how do I want my friends to show up for me? And she literally responded back and she's like, you don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't like, you don't, I don't think you have an expectation. Yeah. And that was, I think where we were, we never had put that on the forefront of our minds. Of like, what are our expectations of others? I didn't know I got to have an expectation. No. Honestly. I think that's the whole beauty of it is it's like freeing to be like, you know what? I really should take into consideration because I feel like that's sometimes reasons why we don't have friends or reasons why we are friends with people for a certain amount of time. And then we all of a sudden feel like they're not our friend or they're like they're not supportive or they're not loving or they don't show up the way we think they should, even though we never gave them that expectation. Yeah. Whenever I said you don't, you don't feel like you need someone to, I guess the word show up is the correct word. You don't expect them to just show up in a certain way for you. You're very open to people being exactly who they are. At the same time, how does that benefit me? And I think where the lines get blurred is a lot of women I have found are still the type of friends in adulthood as maybe they were in high school, which is if you don't call me every day and you don't text me every day, you don't comment on my social media, you don't like every picture and you don't react to every story, you don't like me. What did I do to you? Or that you're not important and all. Yeah, why don't you care about me? I would absolutely not have anyone in my life if that was the case. I'm not that kind of friend. (laughs) I was like, you don't really, whenever we're in the conversation, I was very clear. Like, I wasn't being ugly when I said you don't. Oh, no, no. I didn't But I I was like, you don't need a 24-7 friend. Right. If you have time to be a 24-7 friend, and if you're busy like we are, you're probably not showing up somewhere else in your life. Right. Or that if you need a sidekick or the only friend that you have, or if you're one of those people that if your girlfriend goes out with someone else and you see it, you get all in your feelings like I wasn't invited. There's a difference when you truly in your heart get hurt because there are people that do. And I think that is a situation that is hard as a friend to always know who's like that and who's not. But I think that we are attracted to each other and we're all friends because we're not that way. Well, I think some of the people that are sort of in my circle are that way. And it's it's a conversation that is hard to have because it's uncomfortable to ask somebody, why did you get jealous because you weren't invited to this? Or why are you upset whenever I had other plans? Right. And it didn't include you. And that's fine. There's times I don't I wouldn't want to go. Exactly. I'm the kind of person if you ask me to do something. In the back of my mind, I know it's not something that I would want to do. I feel like you need me for a reason. And yeah. then I feel guilty if I don't want to go. For me, it's always, they knew I wouldn't want to go and do that anyway. Right. But I do believe that you have expectations for friends. 
but not the type of things where you're expecting them to do anything for you in a certain right. way. Whenever you ask that question, when you're like, this is the question. And I was like, oh, yeah. Where do you start? And then we were talking about love languages and different ways that people show up. And I really think you're the kind of friend who just expects your friends to know. Like, yes. And not holding them to an expectation, but if they know you're going through some things, you would expect that they would know that you would need their support. Yeah. Just, well, let's go back to that. I feel like you do appreciate when people acknowledge something good about you because you're really, really good at doing that for other people. Thanks. You are like you're very good at finding like, oh, I'm very proud of you or oh, you look great. And just picking out those things that most people don't acknowledge. You yeah. do that very well. And you seem like whenever you're acknowledged that you enjoy that. And I think that's part of life. But I was shocked when you said what you thought your love language was. Acts of service. Was that it? Yes. So you said, I think you like when you don't have to ask someone to do anything for you or show up. They just know. Yeah. You don't want to have to ask for help. I think that you are more of a words of affirmation in a love language, but I could be wrong. And then she says, which the hardest thing for someone to actually do when they have just met you is to know what you need help or support with and know how to not overstep. Because I'm also a person that does not want somebody all up in my business all the time. Yeah. So you may go days or weeks and you're like dormant. Yeah. In your own space, doing your own thing. And I mean, you might not even be on social media. Yeah. But it's not a personal, it's a, it's personal to you. It's right. Not, it's not anyone else's issue. Yeah. You're just doing whatever you got to do. And I'm not saying that's the way that you should be. <laughs> oh, no. Because I'm working on that. Like whenever... Yeah. I moved this last time. It was really hard for me to ask for help. But one yes. day, like I had had all I could take and I was at my breaking point and I called our friend Heather, but I didn't want to because I knew that she was probably tired and she had driven home from work and she has a husband and kids and all the things. I don't want to bother her. But I was at this point where I was like, I can't do this by you myself. so overwhelmed. So overwhelmed. So I call Heather and I'm like, what are you doing? And she knew. She was like, <laughs> what do you need me to do? And I was like, I just really need help with putting some of these boxes away, organizing stuff. I'm about to lose my mind. And so she's like, okay, I'll be there. And she shows up and then Heather takes it upon herself to call Brittany. And she's like, what are you doing? Can you come over here and help us? <laughs> she just said, what are you doing? And we're the kind of friends that when you call, we, we know to answer the phone. It's not like a a talk on the phone for 25 minutes every day. Oh, I can miss this call. If the call comes through, you answer it. And yeah. Heather called me and she was like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I don't even remember what I was doing. I'll be over there in just a minute. And we're here. It was literally all done in like two hours. You were just overwhelmed in the moment. Yeah. And there was an opportunity there for you to just sit in it and like have a mental breakdown because moving is emotional. And a lot of people don't realize that. And sometimes we don't even realize that until we're sitting in the middle of it. But I know because I'm very open about my my feelings about moving and, you know, my emotions that I have to process. So I knew that's where you were sitting at. It wasn't the stuff. Yeah. It was just the move and you're tired and you're wore out and you just need people to help. But you don't ask. And I'm the same way in some yeah. sorts. And, you know, I think get each other because we are very similar in the fact of we just like to get stuff done 
And we don't ask for a lot of help because people don't offer a lot of help. And I think that's because we are so just get it done. And so it makes us appear as like, oh, well, I because like yeah. my thing whenever I got over here is like I know how you are about your stuff her stuff goes in a certain place and I was like how am I gonna help but then I was like okay so there's a process of how to help it's just you stand right there and tell me where to put it and that's and what we worked. did you just tell me where you need it I am the same way about my stuff I want it to go in a certain place and this is my thing with help if I have to go back and redo it it's not help oh no it is oh. not help it's not support and if it makes me bitter and I have this anxiousness about people coming in and just putting things up and then me mm-hmm. having to redo it. Yeah. And to me, you you and Heather showing up that day, that's acts of service because you're helping yeah. me take things off my plate that I don't have to do later. Yeah. So when she said, I think your words of affirmation, I was like, no, I am I know like my number one is acts <laughs> of service. Yeah. I need people to help me, but I don't want to ask people to help me. She said, I can see that aligning, but maybe you are more affirmation from those who you know and trust because you know that they actually mean what they say. (laughs) And then she said, so look at it this way. If I was a new friend, how would acts of service look to you? I think that's the deeper question. So that's sort of where we stopped our conversation because it was like, okay, I need to think about this because... I think this is important and it even got me to thinking about myself like what would I expect from a new person in my life because I'm going to be really honest I have a lot of new acquaintances that come in my life a lot yeah in the business that I'm in I mean you do too I think also one of the conversations that we've talked about is caring for others and getting to know others is our job yeah so there's a difference in someone coming into your life as a friend versus someone that you work with and of course it co-mingles so I was really digging in of what does that look like yeah and when I asked you that question it was because I really was digging into my own brain of what does align for a new person and how do I open up and accept new people in coming off of our last podcast of being that friend and having friends whenever you are older and not the high school friend So what did you dig up in that conversation with yourself? Well, I think that I've been in a place for so long where I'm like, I don't want any more friends. No new friends. No new friends. But I'm at a a place where I only want to associate myself with people who are going to add to me. When we're at a table, we are talking about our goals, our growth, our healing, and our future. We're not talking about other people or what so-and-so is doing, uh -uh. who they're married to, or their husband's cheating on them. None of that shit matters. No, and it's not, and I know I'm absolutely at that same place. And we're human. I think that human nature to fall into that gap of conversation, but I enjoy being at a table that there's not even a gap for that. We're so focused on... How can I help you? How can we collaborate together? How can we show up, you know, when you do need help? And what does that look like? And I think it's beautiful that you are in a place that you've surrounded yourself with people, even new people that are saying, hey, how can I support you? And I think that's a great question. That's not something that I necessarily would have just asked somebody because I'm like, you get what you get with me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) To be in a place where it's like, oh, well, 
that would be a good question to ask even myself, let alone just a friend, because I think that's where we dig deeper and figure out how to, if I'm going to be introduced to more people. You are too. There's more friends out there. There's more acquaintances. There will be other relationships and being in a point in our life where people are actually asking that at those tables instead of just where you know where are you going on vacation that's really not the topic mm-hmm. bringing people to the table that who can really say I want to show up for you and how do you want me to do that so that you know that I'm your friend and that I care it's just such a different conversation than I ever thought that I would have but <laughs> I'm grateful for it because I want to be friends with people who ask me hard questions that I don't know about myself. And I think we both come across very intimidating to a lot of people because we are successful. We are very sure of ourselves. We know what we want. We aren't afraid to get it or to do whatever we have to do to get what we want out of life. And sometimes that comes across as very intimidating. And a lot of people just from our appearance probably look at us and are like, oh, she's such a bitch. She's probably (laughs) such a bitch. For real. Yeah. And the thing is, is we're very self-aware, but we're nice. And we, (laughs) and we're so non-judgmental. Like we have friends of all backgrounds. We have all kinds of backgrounds, but the beauty of it is being able to be in that place where it feels good with people who are strong. Yeah. Like people that are strong-minded and they have their crap together, but they're also open. I think it's bold of someone who just meets you to say, how do you like me to show up for you? Yeah. Because who says that? I don't know. But if you recall, that was one of your things this year. You were like, I said I was going to say yes and I was going to get out and I was going to meet new people. I think that all of that spun from deep down where do you need your friendships to show up and how do you need them to show up as a a friend who's been a friend for a long time it's easy for us to say I know what you need like if you're moving I know to be on the call you know or the next time you're moving we're going to plan ahead like Heather came and helped me box up and then she helped you because we've both moved and she knows that we need that help but we're not going to ask for it right so it's easy for us to say you're not going to ask for it But I want to be better at asking for it. Yeah. And I think that we're both in that place. But how does that look for you? Because I realize that I've started asking for more help in different areas that I normally wouldn't. But in a a situation where you are in need, where do you feel? Is it like a safe place or a safe person? Or is it the words of asking that's more difficult? I think for me, it is, I've lived my entire life, so 41 years, of not wanting anyone to see me struggle or think that I was weak or that I couldn't handle something. So I've always tried to be the one that I want it to look like I did it all on my own because I did do it all on my own and I didn't need help. And there's a part of that, I think when you're growing up, is you're like, I'm fucking superwoman. I don't need help. Like, I did all of this myself. Yeah. Give me the praise. <laughs> but now I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what? If I do all of this myself, I'm fucking exhausted. I'm tired. It's your time and your effort. And we are not meant to do everything alone. I know my core comes from disappointment. 
in those that I love, those that I worked with, those that were supposed to do things that didn't do things. And so, you know, I just created this wall around myself that was like, I'm the person who never lets me down. If I let me down, I can deal with me. I cannot deal with trusting someone else to do something because not only do I have to do it, then I got to be mad at them. And I don't want to be in that place. So I just came to this sufficiency of, I don't need you to paint this wall. I don't need you to box up my stuff. I would never been open to my friends and said, moving is traumatic for me. And it's a very emotional thing for me because I have moved so many times in my life. And because I did open up and share those things, people just started showing up and people gave me space. Sometimes we just need our space. Yeah. And people were like, hey, can I do this at work? Or can I show up on this Zoom and handle this for you? And can I come and box up your house? They showed up after my U-Haul was dropped off in my house. And I had a work event, unboxed my whole house and helped me. And those are the things I feel like when you start opening up, then people know. Yeah. But asking for it has been a little bit harder for me. I am getting better, even with my kids. And, you know, not taking on everything and not saying, oh, well, I can handle this, this, and this. So now I try to delegate it out. If we have family dinner, I'm like, I don't have to cook all of this. They need yeah. to learn how to do this themselves. I can help them by allowing them to help me. And so looking at it and putting it into a perspective of like helping them also help me was very helpful. Because I don't like to even ask help from my kids. Or my husband, much less a friend. And your kids, too. Just from that standpoint, I learned a lot whenever I moved this last time with my son because he was like, I don't understand why you're so stressed. And I said, you don't understand because I boxed up our entire house. I unboxed our entire house. I set up your bedroom and all you had to do was go in and hang your clothes up. I took care of everything else. And he said, you always do. And that and was you like, didn't ask him to help you. I mean, I probably did <laughs> ask him to help me with a couple of things, but I knew it would probably be a fight. So I only asked for help for a couple of things. And I knew if I asked him to do something, he's not going to do it the way that I would do it. So I'm going to have to do it anyway. So why even ask? That was one of the things that I did have to let go of is if I ask for help, I have to accept that it's not going to be done my way. And I'll just give you an example. Alex likes to help do the laundry. He folds the towels. And every day when I open our linen closet, the towels are not folded the way they should be. It drives me crazy to an extent. But I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what? He washes them, dries them instantly. He puts them up. I don't care what the linen closet looks like. Yeah. And then it's like I carry all this stress because I have this level of expectation just like you do whenever you're boxing your stuff up. Your stuff is valuable. It's your stuff. You care about it. You want to know where it's at. Mine is more. I want to know where it's at. So when I get there, I can unbox it. But then we get angry because it's like, you didn't even help me do nothing. Are you serious? And he's like, yeah, I don't help you because you're going to complain or we're going to argue. My kids told me one time, I don't load the dishwasher because you're going to reload it or and you're going to complain the whole time you're reloading. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. So it's learning for me to let go of the part of perfection. If he likes the way those towels look, I don't care. And when you say it out loud, it's a fucking towel. It's a towel. What difference does it make? When I open my linen 
closet or I'm getting ready and I'll glance back and I'll see. I've chose not to say anything because he does it. It's something that he feels like he's helping me and it is helpful. We had a housekeeper for a really long time and neither of us had to do anything. And so we decided that we're moving into this smaller house. It's very manageable. We're going to just see what it's like to not have a housekeeper. Most of our marriage, we've had a housekeeper. So part of it is me accepting that he folds the linen so badly and he doesn't even care. I think one of the things that I value in people is doing what they say. Oh, 100%. I need somebody that is going to do what they say and say what they mean, who is not going to be codependent or needy. I think with me, it has to be known if we are going to have a friendship that I'm real blunt. I'm going to say, take it. yeah, I'm going to say exactly what I feel or exactly what is on my mind, whether it hurts your feelings or not, which that is never the intention. But a lot of I think times, you've gotten better at that part. Yeah. You I, have worked on like not just some discernment. Has, yeah. Has a little bit. Definitely come <laughs> in. But there will be times that it yeah. comes across. I think that you just have to know if you're going to be friends with me, you are signing up for the truth card to be flashed in your face on a regular basis. I'm not going to fake anything. One of my core values is to try to show up as authentic as possible in my relationships because I spent a lot of time pretending to be something and someone that I was not to try to look a certain way from the outside looking in. We were just doing what we were taught. Like, you show up this way. This is what success looks like. This is what you're supposed to look like. And this is what it is. So you allow that to be imposed on you. And that's how you showed up. I don't think you intentionally fake. In my last marriage, I was absolutely intentionally fake. (laughs) Maybe the one before that, too, because it was, this is what we're supposed to have to be happy. This house with this car and work this much and do this on the weekend and travel to Mexico and all the other things. Checked all the boxes. And I was miserable. So that's where authenticity comes in because had I been being true to myself, I never would have gotten married. No. But I was trying to make everybody else happy. And up until that point, I thought that I was really good with boundaries because I don't have a problem saying no to somebody. I'm not the typical woman that's going to say yes to everything. I learned a long time ago, if you say yes to everything, you're also saying no to something else. So I don't have a problem if I don't want to do something telling somebody, no, I'd rather stay home. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I think if you're going to be my friend, you have to know that if you ask me to do something and I'm not going to do it, it's because of me. It's never because of you. Yeah. I want to have people in my life who are open to having hard conversations. Yeah. Who are not going to feel some type of way one night then distance themselves and not speak to me because they got triggered by something yeah and I'm over here thinking everything is fine I am too old (laughs) at at this point in my life and I don't even mean old when I say old I just mean wiser yeah in my life that like I don't want that energy around me I don't want to be in a place where someone they create this narrative in their mind yeah they create this narrative that puts a lot of other people in positions that they are not in. Necessary drama. Yeah. Is what it and is. it's just, it's one of those things that I do not have time for. No. And I have a lot of people that come to me and I instantly know when people are going to be the one who's at the end of the day, it, you could have given them a golden brick. 
you could have included them in everything. And whenever it's over, they're going to say, I was just so left out. I don't have time for Mm -hmm. I'm left out. No. Or I didn't feel included. And I will validate you if something has happened that truly was in a place that I felt like something happened to you in that event. Or we were in a place and you did get left out. Because humans are humans and I can acknowledge that. I can see where you could feel that way. But we ain't going to take it to the level of like getting mad at everybody. I don't want to be friends with people like that. Uh. I was listening to a masterclass a couple of days ago. And one of the things that was said stuck into my head was a lot of times we will be surrounded in a group of other women and feel like we don't fit in and feel like these people in this corner might be talking about me or these people don't really want me here or they only invited me out of pity or what the hell ever. But one of the things that she said was, you have to bring your belonging with you. Do you feel like you don't belong in a group or in a room? That's your problem. It's not anybody else's. You belong there just as much as you believe that you belong there. Absolutely. So I want to be surrounded with people who believe that they belong in my circle. Yeah. I think that's very important. I have connected that the people that usually come to me who think people are talking about them, who think people are judging them, who feel like they don't belong, also the people who are doing that behind other people's backs. So they have this guilt or subconscious thinking because they know what they do behind other people's backs that makes them feel like, oh, well, they're talking about me or they're leaving me out. And I'm like, that is not the truth. You only feel that way because that's the narrative that you create because that's what you do behind everybody else's back. I don't have time to talk about people. I'm not worried about Sally Joe and Susie and everybody else. I truly never go into a room where I'm like, I don't think I belong here. I don't either. I've never walked into a room and thought, mm. now I've walked into rooms where I didn't want to belong. Yeah. Like, oh, this is not my speed and that's okay. Yeah. Or this is not my vibe or whatever. Yeah. But in high school, I can remember being in situations and I felt like I didn't belong there because I felt like other girls were very clicky or whatever. Yeah. I get that. But if you still have that as an adult at 40 ish, it's, it's a you thing. It's not a them thing. It's not their mean girls. It's Mm-mm. not. I mean, there are some people who are mean, but. If you are attracting those people into your life, it's so that you can look at that and figure out why are you triggered by those people? Yeah. But the other thing that has come up for me over the past week that I've really realized is I do not want to be friends with anyone who like a side hustle for me. (laughs) You got to work on them to be your friend. Because I can't. You do that for a living. You help people through their stuff for a living. Yes. That is not what you want in a true friend. No. And let me tell you guys where it gets interesting from my perspective and why Brittany and I are so close is because we both do something for a living that we are very good at that comes very easy to us that is very natural. We both also really like to help people. And... The way that I help people is by showing them their triggers and their traumas and helping them work through things and use different modalities and different tools to process things. But it also causes you to know a lot about them. Right. And connect. They share a lot. Yeah. That that creates a connection. Yes. And a lot of my clients have ended up being my friends. But there's a very fine line because... If you come to me and you say, 
this situation that we had triggered me. I want to talk about it with you. That's that's one thing. But if we've already talked about it and I thought we were done with that and then you come to me and you say, well, I realized that this happened in my childhood and I'd really like to to talk about it with that's you. That's therapy. That is my work. Yeah. Like if you want to do that, here's my link. You're going to need to book a session. Absolutely. And some people hearing this might be like, well, that is just wrong if they're supposed to be your friend. Well, no, that is where my boundaries come in because I'm the person that will help you all damn day for free. I cannot even count the number of people that have come to a sound healing session that have come to a meditation session who ended up with one on ones or I've given them more shit for free than they paid for the session. Like, oh, you need this crystal or you really need to read this book or try this. And I will give shit to people because I'm such a giving person. But at the same time, I need the friends that are going to be like, no, I'm going to pay you for this because this you is your job. You better send me a Venmo request. Which is exactly <laughs> what happened with us last week because Brittany was like, I really have some stuff that I want to work on. Can I come over and we can do a session and I'll pay you? And I'm like, well, of course. I don't even think that paying is like when you ask someone to be in their genius and help you, that is their means of supporting themselves you can't ask that of people for free but I think a lot of people are like well she's my friend she's not going to charge me or she's my friend I shouldn't have to pay that I don't ask my friends for discounts and of course being in our presence talking to one another hanging out we're gonna have free stuff come off of each other yeah and that is an energy exchange but when you reach out to someone like when I reach out to you I need a one-on-one I need to sit in your sauna. I need to do this. I know that that is valuable. And I know that it has a price because otherwise I wouldn't be reaching out for it. So she comes over, we do the session and she's getting ready to leave. And she's like, just tell me what I owe you and I'll pay you. And the friend in me is, you don't have to pay me anything. Because I really, I think a lot of times, especially women who work for themselves are like, it's so easy for me. I shouldn't charge for that because it comes so easy. It literally is not hard for me to help someone else when I know exactly what to do and it comes naturally. So she's like, I'll pay you. And I was like, no, don't worry about it. And she's like, I'm going to pay you. Like, send me a Venmo request. I'm going to pay you because it's worth that to me. Yeah. So I want you to still be available and not burn out or feel used when I need you again, because I value what you do for a living. And I feel like in in a friendship or any kind of business, anytime somebody is giving of themselves, if you want to continue to feel that coming back to you, you have to take the time to be like, is this an equal exchange? If we're sitting here and we're chit-chatting and I'm giving you my advice, you're giving me your advice, that's an energy exchange and knowledge exchange. But when you're intentional and you know you're taking up time that you could be doing something else, you could have booked another client, all the things, and you were on it. I just messaged in the day. I was like, whenever you have a one-on-one, I need a one-on-one. You're like, I got one today. And so I feel like so many people in this industry get burned out from giving and giving and giving. And that's where your heart and your friendship and your boundaries, I'm like, no, girl, I need to know because the next time. I never want to feel indebted for your genius or for your work. As a friend, I feel like we're constantly like giving and taking from each other. And friendships should feel that way, but not whenever it comes to the way you pay your bills. 
And here's the thing with that. The flip side of this is, had she let me do the session for her for free, because I said, you don't have to pay me. It's fine. I didn't have anything planned today, whatever. Had we left it at that, because that's what I was saying and that's how I felt. Whether you realize it or not, it will start to breed resentment. It does. Because subconsciously you keep a tally. You do. Of everything that you do for somebody else. Even when you're offering to help them, when you are like, let me do this for you. Let me do that for you. And what happens is the first time that that person you've been doing all these things for ask you to do something for them, whether it is borrow some money or can you pick this up for me or can you go here for me, a part of you will snap and you'll be like, are you really asking me to do that for you? Do you know how much I've done for you lately? Exactly. And now you're asking me to do that? Yeah. And the trigger happens whenever it is something that doesn't come effortlessly to me. Yeah. So if you were like, can you go pick up my groceries for me? Yeah. I don't even go pick up my own damn groceries. Exactly. I would be like, I just did a $225 sound healing session for you yesterday. Like, and now you want me to go do this? Yeah. Have I not given you enough? Well, and that's the part where you start to feel abused. And And you resent someone. And you do. And unfortunately, they will think it's you. Because you've built this resentment, but you give and you give and you give. And I think that's why we are so conditioned as women to be like, I don't need friends. Friends cost me money, time, heart, and tears. I don't need no friends. So now it's like, okay, now I get to choose my friends. I get to say, this is what I need from you. And I need you to do what you say. Show up when you're supposed to show up. And for me, I need someone who will push back to me because... I was like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You don't have to pay me. And she's like, no, I'm going to pay you. I'm not coming back if you don't send me a Venmo request. I want that. Like, I don't want to abuse my friend's ability because I wouldn't do that to anyone else. I wouldn't send somebody else that I don't really know a text message and say, hey, can you get me in today? Or, hey, when's the next one I want? And they tell me next week and I'll wait until next week instead of that day. Go in and I pay them $200 for the same thing. (laughs) And don't think anything about it. And if I'm giving to you and you're giving to me, that's different. But if I would have to go somewhere else and get this from someone else that's not my friend, I would pay them. And that's the way I always look at it is if I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to do a sound meditation, I'm going to pay you. If I needed a massage and I had a friend that's done massage, I wouldn't ask them to do a massage for free. Right. I would pay them. So I just always look at it as, okay, is this a situation where I would just pay a stranger to do this? If you need to judge it, if people are like, well, how do you know when you're over something? Because there are times when we do stuff for each other and it is not expected to be paid. Like, I don't expect to be paid. For me, that's the way I judge it. It's like, was this a friend? We're out talking or we're out, we had a date, friend date, and we were going over things. But if you're really in a position where, oh, I would have to go pay for this someone. I think that's a good way. I decide, is this something that I would pay my friend or not? Because I mean, heck, if we charge each other for all the things that we, but if you are taking up specific time, if you are utilizing something that's theirs, that they do for work, I feel like it's very important as a friend to always identify that. And even though I know that you would give it to me out of the goodness of your heart, like, oh, I would do that session in a heartbeat for anyone. Yeah, I know that, but I want you to know that I value that. I appreciate that. And I see the talent and that it 
does come with, and it's not easy work for you. It's easy work for you, but it takes energy and it takes your mental capacity to do your work because that, as easy as it feels in the moments for us to do our work, it does wait. Afterwards, you're like, oh, well, I could send her this link and this, and then maybe she needs to do this. And, oh, I forgot to tell you to do this. You're still thinking about that work long after people are gone. What you just said, I think, was the other thing that I didn't realize that how I want people to show up for me or how I want people to care for me. I want them to see value in what I do. Yeah. Because a lot of people, I think, could look at what I do for work, especially as like, oh, I'm just messing around. Like, yeah. it's oh, not she's just having a big fun. Deal. Oh, this is just, you know, they don't. And I mean, in the beginning, neither of us knew the right. impact yeah. of what your work does. We did not realize the long term value of what you do. And so it would be easy for someone who come to one meditation to be like, I didn't feel nothing. I don't know what y'all are talking about. How did I pay for that? Yeah. And they don't realize, oh, well, I'm calmer. I feel more clear when they get home because they're not in that space yet. Yeah. Think that in self-care, finding the value in it, it's priceless. If you know what it does. Yeah. It's priceless. Like the prices that you have on it are minimal compared to what it could really do to help transform someone's life if they take it serious and they do it. What I pay for an exchange of your services is minimal to what it has impacted on my life and the transformations that we've had. I think people take that for granted. Clients that become friends, it's easy for them to think, oh, well, she just loves doing this. Yeah, and I it's mean, hard for me to have a line between it because it does come very naturally, but I need somebody to see the value. And not be offended when you're like, this is a session. Here's the link. <laughs> We need to book a session. Right. Instead of giving away free coaching, no matter if the situation you were at triggered someone, that's still your work. You still get paid to coach people through that. And if they're not paying you, they're going to be paying someone else. If they're saying, hey, I want to talk to you about this. Yeah. They are acknowledging the issue that needs to be handled. If they're not paying you, they're going to have to pay someone else. And that's where I say, okay. Put this in a box and say, if I ask the service of someone else, I would pay them. I'm not going to come to you and be like, I need to talk through this trauma and expect that that's free. Yeah. Not when you do that for a living. Exactly. So, I mean, we could relate it to anything. If you make cakes for a living, don't expect your friends to get a cake for free. Expect them to pay you no matter what you do. Like always like, girl, send the link. Yeah. Send them the link because that's what. Anyone else would say if you message someone on Instagram or you do, if you are a photographer or if you do nails or hair, whatever you do, just because they're your friends does not mean that you do things for them for free. That doesn't show your friendship. I truly think in your situation, I know you well enough to know that you would do it for free. I believe that a lot of us would do that for a lot of people, but you have to say, okay, their cakes are really good and acknowledge your friend as being like your cake could be subpar to the people down the road if you're my friend I'm probably gonna buy a cake from you because you're supporting them and the only way people get better is if you allow them to practice and showing them support and not being afraid to own that I had an artist over Christmas do a a charcoal drawing and She was like, I don't know where to put a price on it. I was like, okay, so what would you tell anyone that you didn't know on the internet what this price was? 
because it's hard because art is so different. And she was like, um, and I said, you got to know your worth. And it took her a while. She sent me a message back and she was like $250. And she was like, I think I'm going to throw up. And I was like, girl, what's your Venmo? Yeah. And I went ahead and Venmoed it. And she was like, that was the hardest part. And I feel like even as strong as we are, that sometimes owning your worth, because we're afraid that if we own our worth and somebody doesn't pay me that, what does that mean? Before, I would take it as they didn't value me. Or it was too much. And now I'm in a place in my career that I'm just, this is the price. This is what it costs. If you want it, you want it. If you don't, you don't. It has nothing to do with me. You get to make the decision how you continue throughout your life. Right. And the value is actually in how much do you value yourself when someone's coming to you for your services. And I don't think you struggle with that with most people. It's after the relationship is built in the business and they become a friend. It's not the beginning. You know in the beginning what it's worth. And I think that's where a lot of lines get muddied in any business. Like, oh, well, I did your cake last month. And people will be like, oh, well, since you came in, I'll just give you a discount. Or since you're a returning customer, I'll give you a discount. No, girl, I am paying more because if I'm a repeat customer, I find value in you. I don't want a discount. I mean, there's times where it's like, oh, this is a lot. Can we negotiate? Like business is business. But when you got somebody that's abusing it, I feel like it's not a good friend. They have to know whenever, okay, this is friendship or business. And I think a good friend identifies when it's business. And I think that's what truly I'm looking for in friendships now is friends that can identify that I am beneficial. Like you said, that there is value. They want to solidify that by paying you what you're worth. Yeah. And that friendships aren't just like who can give who what the most of. And I think we've been so abused in that I've had people even over the past two weeks that I feel like have just come into my life to take advantage of me but the lesson in that for me is am I letting them take advantage mm -hmm. of me and if I am no. why am I letting them take advantage of me why am I not charging for this like as far as showing up when you talk about showing up in new friendships I'm at a place that I want to only say yes and sit at a table when I really want to be there. Oh, yeah. If it's not a hell yes, it's, it's a, a hell no. no. I'm at a place where I'm making every decision slow. Before I go sit at the table with you, I'm going to say, let me check my calendar. And what am I going to say no to by yeah. saying yes to this? And what am I going to subject myself to if I have to come sit at that table? Is it going to feel good like it did last week? Or is it going to feel like, I was invited so they could pick my brain for free, and I paid for lunch. I always love to pay for food. If we go out 99% of the time, I'm going to pay for the food. That's just my love language, and that's how I love people and show up is amongst food. I may not remember to buy you a birthday gift, a Christmas gift, and I never feel like that's something that my friends take advantage of. People don't invite me just so I pay for food. And that's where I feel like my friends just know that about me. They know if I say I'm going to pay for it, when the bill comes, they don't argue with me. I think that's a huge thing with you because it's always been really hard for me to let anyone else pay for anything for me. Yeah. But when Brittany and I started spending more time together, she would always pay for my food. And I would look at that as she's only paying for my food because she thinks that I can't pay for it myself. <laughs> yeah. Which is not how she was no, looking at not. it. But I had that story on a loop in my brain. <laughs> Not with just her. Because there has been times that back in the day when I went out to eat with people, I really couldn't afford to pay yeah. for it. I did, but that is what I love to do. I think 
it's important for you to have a friend who knows that about you. Yeah. And me, the friend that is like, I don't want her to pay for my food because she thinks I can't afford it. Instead, drop that guard and be like, look, this is how she shows you that she cares about you. She's trying to do something for you. So I think it's important to know what your friend's love languages are, too. And how they can show up. Yeah. Because that's a way I can show up. Like, I'm not ever going to be the Heather who has the perfect curated gift. If I see things, I think of people and that's how I buy gifts. So I think it is accepting your strengths and your weaknesses, knowing that. Brittany hates to shop, period, for herself, but she also hates to shop for gifts for people because Uh I think it puts so much pressure on, does she already have this? Is she going to like this? Is she going to want to return it? Did I get a receipt? That's not her strength. No, because I look at gifts very deeply. I feel like when you give someone a gift, it, it says their value to you. And so I start thinking into it so deep. Yeah. That it literally stresses me out. I will be the friend who back in the day, I wouldn't even come to an event if I knew that gifts were expected because I would be so stressed over like, well, what if it's not the best gift? And what if, what if they already have two of them? And you know, like the narrative in my own mind. And I was like, how do I fix this? And I just found that when we go out and if I felt called to pay for food, that's how I show up. And it feels good because guess what? You got to pick what you want. And that's just something that's comfortable for me. And I think it's important to know that because our other friend, Heather, she is incredible at giving gifts. She's the one that doesn't just get you one thing either. She gets you like 25 things. And they're all the things that you've brought up, you even forgot about. We know that she's going to show up that way. So I think it's important to know how your friends are going to show up and not judge them for not showing up the same way that you would show up. Like Heather is not going to judge either of us for only getting her one gift because no. she knows that's not our thing. Well, I feel like I'm I'm okay with gifts. Yeah, My gifts are very intentional. Yeah. Like for Christmas, for example, I knew that Heather was going to get me a whole bunch of little things. And I think if she may have been a new friend and I knew that, like yeah. I, I probably would got her a whole bunch of different little things. But I want to give people things that are going to mean something. I don't give people shit just to put a bow on it and yeah. say, here's your birthday present. To, say, to get an award for bringing a gift. Yeah. Or because I felt like I was supposed to bring something. Yeah. So. Instead, I'm the friend that is going to find one thing that I know that you've been wanting. Yeah. And I'm going to get you that. I just think that it's important to not hold your friends to the same standards just because you do something some way doesn't mean that I think that's how you set yourself up to get hurt. But like if she was expecting me to be a gift giver like her, we wouldn't be able to be friends. No, because somebody's feelings would get hurt and somebody would get disappointed. And you set yourself up thinking, well, everyone should give gifts the way I do. You're always going to be let down. So I think it is noticing your friend's strengths and weaknesses and accepting that. Maybe the question is, how do you like to show up for people? Because I feel like if you know what to expect out of a new friendship, like how you can show up, then I don't hold you to any other expectations. And not that we're putting expectations, but just know that that's the soul of who you are as a friend and really being able to say, hey, I'm not really great at gift giving and I just don't want you to ever get your feelings hurt or like I'm not the one to call and complain about a bunch of people because I just don't have time for it. Maybe the question isn't how do you like for people to show up for you, but how do you show up and being able to say, I don't need someone 24-7. And we're not talking about somebody that you're friends with on Facebook. We're talking about somebody that you are having a relationship with, a 
friendship, you're living life together. You may not talk every day, but you have pretty consistent communication. And one thing about me is I hate to talk on the phone. So I'm not the friend that you're going to call every day, but I have a friend who loves to talk on the phone and she would call me every day. When I see my phone ringing, literally gives me knots in my stomach and she got her feelings hurt. Me not answering her calls had nothing to do with the fact that I didn't want to be her friend. It had to do with the fact that I do not enjoy sitting and talking on the phone. So it took a while to get on the same page because she really likes to talk on the phone and I really don't. So where's the happy medium? If you really want to talk, let's go have dinner and I'll talk to you there. Yeah. But I think it's knowing that just because you express yourself in a certain way and your friend does not, you can't hold that against them because that's not how they're wired. But it's not me not answering because I don't want to be your friend. No, it has nothing to do with that. That's where I feel like when you talk about showing up in friendships, it's easier to express how you show up really than it is to express how you expect others to show up. Because I really don't have expectations of people. I have standards. Like we said, we want to be sitting at the table with growth and those that are going to bring something of value, not someone who's bringing negativity. I don't put expectations on how you show up as a friend. I like to know how people do show up and what things bother them, what things don't bother them, how they like to communicate. And I'm going to be honest, I don't want someone just because I am not the kind of friend that they need to feel less than because I allow them to be in my life or be a part of my life to think that there's something wrong with needing that from a friend because there really are people who love to talk on the phone. Yeah, but if you need that, you're not going to get that from us. So find your people who you are going to get that from. I think that's the point of all of this is to know yourself enough to know what you would like to have in the relationships that are around you, but also know if the people that you're surrounding yourself can't fulfill those needs or those expectations, that it's okay to look for other people who can, or it's okay to ask yourself why you feel like you need those things. Because my friendships today at 41 are completely different than my friendships were five years ago, because you grow and you evolve. And there's something that I think is so important to realize that nobody tells you is okay. And it is when you start to work on yourself and you grow as a person, your relationships will change because sometimes the people that fall out of your life when you're healing and you're doing the work were only meant to be there for the unhealed version of you. They were only meant to be there to trigger you or to show you something that you needed to look at so that you could get to the next level. And if relationships start to fall away, the more that you start to heal and the more that you start to grow, it's a natural progression. Well, yeah. And a lot of my clients will cling so tight to the people that the universe or whoever you believe in is trying to remove from their life. Instead of them continuing to grow and move forward, they get pulled completely back the other way because they're not willing to let those relationships go. And it's so important to know as you grow, you evolve, as you change, and the more that you know yourself, it's okay to want different things from different people. And it's okay to want new relationships, different relationships that will help you grow. And I'm not going to sit here today and say that 
a year from now, five years from now, we're still going to be friends because who the hell knows? Because we are constantly changing. Yeah. Or that the dynamic, I mean, our friendship will look different. Yeah. And I'm going to say something that's probably very controversial, but I feel like if your circle stays the same for 20 years. Oh, yeah. You possibly have not grown any. Not at all. That is really hard for some people to understand. Some people have friends for years and years only because both of them are choosing not to grow. Or they have a very codependent relationship where they just agree and agree and agree. And I'm not willing to sit and waste my energy in a relationship or friendship by just sitting still. Like, if you expect me as a person to be the same person I was last year, I am not. Right. Not even last year. And I want to be at the table where it's okay to not be that same person. It is okay to grow and change. And I want people who want me to grow and change. Yes. And accept that space for me to do that. And I think that's where the beauty is, is whenever you can look and say, I don't have the same friend that I used to. I'm not the same friend I used to be. But I also am not in the same circle that I used to be. And not that there aren't healthy people who have healthy long-term relationships, friendships. Yes. If you are still best friends with the person you were in high school, there is nothing wrong with that. No, but I'm saying saying if you're in a place in your life where you're, you're not growing, you're sitting at the same tables, and you plan from Friday night to Friday night, there's possibility that if you grow, you're going to lose those people. Or at least a few of them. Yeah. And it may not be permanently. Sometimes people have to step outside of their circle to grow so they can bring those people that love and care for them with them and and lead the way. And if you lose people along the way, you weren't meant to be in their life forever. And that's not a bad thing. I think so many people are scared. Like, if I speak up, then so-and-so, I'm not going to be a part of the, you know, the the Friday night get-together or whatever. whatever. And I don't want to be. I don't want to be sitting in the same place 20 years from now. I think unless the people that are sitting with you today have also grown. I mean, I don't want to be the same me. Yeah, exactly. I want to be in a space where it's like, I love to know where where we're going next. Like, I always know that we're on a roller coaster. Oh, for sure. It's like, where are we next? What's happening next? That's what I'm always like, what are you planning next? I get excited about that stuff because I know that if you go into a different area, it's a possibility I go into a different space. And if I go into a different space, it's a possibility that my friends around me go into a different space or it opens up doors for them and connections and collaborations that really do elevate you. And that's what I expect out of a friend. I mean, it's just, it's so different from back in the day. I think it's so different for me from two weeks ago (laughs) you literally opened up the doors whenever you made that commitment yeah what exactly what were your words you were going to say yes more if people invited you out yeah I was gonna do so there's a book called the year of yes and I was like okay I'm gonna say yes more than I say no because I feel like I just get in a habit of wanting to be in my own bubble a lot and not really wanting to take on other people's energy just because of what I do for work. And I'm constantly around other people. So would I rather spend tonight by myself or would I rather go socialize? A lot of times I can talk myself out of leaving my house real quick. But going into 2023, my intention was to go meet more people, to make more connections, to 
at least once a week, which may not sound like a lot to some people, but I'm intentionally trying to make myself have experiences outside of my comfort zone. I think it also challenges you to be really strong in your boundaries around your business and your friendships. And you don't have to practice that if you're at home. If you're not around people, you don't have to say, you know, this is really what I do for a living. Which it did happen in my house last week. So there is that. But <laughs> but you were very strong in your boundary. Like You ended that so fast. Like yeah. you were able to just identify and be like, nope, this is what I do for a living. I think that that's like a turning point. I'm only going to be in the presence of people who appreciate and value what I do. Yeah. And if you come into my life to soul suck me and I identify that, whether you're intentional at that or not, I'm going to stand up in my boundaries and say, hey, I do this for a living. And they get to choose whether they stick around or not. Or they say, send yes. me the Venmo request. And I think that's important for me to, to notice. And I look at every relationship in my life as a learning experience. Sure. So whether they are in my life for a day or a year or 10 years, what is this situation? Every encounter me? means something. Everything. It's important that you recognize that. I think people don't give that enough value. Well, I think most people, until you have worked on yourself even a little bit, you just think that life is always happening to you and that it's just normal that you meet these people or that this person pissed you off today or this person didn't show up for you or whatever. But everything is an opportunity for you to learn why you react to something the way that you do. And I got a lot of messages after our last podcast about like, I really needed that. And I think... The beauty of it is, is learning that relationships in adulthood do not look the same and they're not the same. And you can't even take that same level of energy into it. You know how you show up and how I show up. I love that people are asking you, how do you like them to show up? But I think for us, it's just easier as very strong people is to be able to say, you know, I show up this way. And I appreciate that you want to show up, but I, I like to know more because I'm not expecting anything out of you. I really like to know more about how you show up so I can appreciate that part of you. And if you don't want somebody like this, I ain't the one. Yeah. And if you can handle a friend who like needs her space, y'all, I am not the friend. I'm very habitual. I'm very predictable. Yes. And you're not very predictable. And that's okay. So if you need a friend who's pretty much on the same schedule every day, I'm your girl, but if you're needing spontaneous and going out every Friday, I'm not. But you could be. Like, well, I do. If she can put it in her schedule, she will go. I will. You're absolutely correct. I will. My friends know that about me. All they got to do is say, put this on your calendar. Yeah. And I'm the opposite because I'm like, well, let me know the day before and I'll see if I can move some things around or what's going on. And if you know that, and I know that about myself, I know myself very well, then I can show up in who I am and you can show up in the way you are and we don't have to worry about I think at the end of the day if someone asks me how can I show up for you it's just be you know yourself know yourself enough that you can tell me how you're going to show up yeah and when you say it just do it if you're someone who's like I'm never going to be available xyz I'm okay with that I expect nothing more I'm like you my girl when I need a hype yeah when I need hyped up I'm gonna call you yeah but 
if you needed me to be like the gift giver, you know, or whatever, we're not built to show up that way. So don't uh-huh. expect it. And then you someone don't get disappointed. A, and someone as a friend who says, how do you want me to show up for you if I meet someone new? Right. Quality time is one of my love languages because time is the only thing I cannot get back. If I give you my time, I want it to be understood that it is valuable and that I am intentional with that. If I put you on my calendar, it means something to me. So if I say that I need quality time as a friend, I think people would be like, what? Yeah, but like what it means is like, if you take up my time, It needs to be important to you, important to me, something that we're going to enjoy and not just sit around the table and talk shit. My hope and intention for anybody that's listening to this episode is to ask yourself these questions and think about what it means to you because I'm sure there are people or relationships in your life who aren't showing up for you in a way that you maybe think that they should be. It's important to have the conversation. And if you know what you bring to the table, if you know yourself then it's very easy. I think that's something that people should really dig in and say, okay, I think my friend gets offended every time I don't do X, Y, Z, but I need to share with them, this is how I show up. Yeah, exactly. Had those people not asked me the questions last week, I wouldn't be the version of me that I am today who took a deep dive through all of this stuff over the last couple of weeks to be like, wait a minute, what do I want in a friend? How do I show up as a friend? All these things that nobody tells you that you should even think about, that you should even ask, that you should even know. But I promise you, if you spend the time to work on it and to think about it, that it will change all of your relationships for the better. Brittany and I are actually in the process of planning a retreat together in the Middle Tennessee area geared towards women and getting to know yourself, helping you really understand how you're showing up in the world, but also in relationships and to yourself, you have the power to change whatever's not working in your life. And we are going to spend a couple of days giving you tools that have worked for us and teach you different ways that they can work for you. So you can start showing up as the friend, as the partner, as the mother, as the woman that you were meant to show up as on this planet. I hope that people realize that there's so much value in that. I wish we had found ourselves much earlier in life. Gosh, yeah. I wish I had just known what tools were available and I had had a little bit of intuition, trusted my gut and went towards the wisdom. The more you know you, the less you take offense to anyone else. And you have so much space and so much grace in you to be such a better mom, wife, friend, partner, and business partner once you can really slow down long enough. And life kind of put us in positions that we were like stopped, right? Because we had just pushed it to the limit and really hope that the right people who hear this and they come that they realize that it's life changing when you start that work and you just grow so immensely. It's not something that takes 40 years to keep changing one aspect of the retreat could literally shift your entire life and open up the doors for so much change in your life for and my ultimate goal in life is joy to really find joy in every single thing that I do even if it's something that I don't want to do how can I find a way to feel the joy in this because there are things that we have to do in life that we don't really enjoy but there is joy in just having the opportunity to be in the activity and be doing it. I've learned over the past four years 
it is how much you know who you really are and what you really want. But the flip side of that is it's how much courage do you have to actually show up as you to be who you really are without caring who is going to accept you or not accept you. It's one of those opportunities, finding that space in you to say, I am worth it. A freeing experience when you get to that core of your own value and say, it has nothing to do with me. The way they feel has nothing to do with me. And I can walk away from this with my head held high and know that I'm doing the very best for me. And as someone who watches this happen for people all the time, you have seen so many transformations and you've been a part of so many people's transformations. It's an emotional experience because the value comes with it in life. The biggest part for me is I just didn't know. I had no clue where I was at, how deep and far I had gone into the fakeness of life. I think that's why it's hard to put value on what we do because it means so much and you want people just to want it so bad. If you accept yourself, it doesn't matter if anybody else accepts you or not. No, you live free. You don't have any pressure anymore. And life gets a lot easier when, you, when you're when you in that space. Yeah, it does. And, and like we have hard days. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have massively hard days, but it is only because we have chose to do the work. And your hard days, after you start to know what your triggers are and why you're triggered, your hard days now are easier than your hard days were before. Yeah. The hard is easier. You start to see the value in the hard because you know the outcome is healing. The outcome is joy. This may be really hard right now. There's situations right now I'm going through and it's really hard, but I know that there's a purpose in it. And I know that on the other side of it is so much joy, so much healing, so much opportunity that I'm willing to go into the deep. Well, if you feel like you are stuck or just in a place where you don't know who you are anymore, you don't know what makes you happy, you don't know how to find joy, you can't remember the last time that you were satisfied with your life because there's a difference in being happy and being fulfilled. And if you aren't fulfilled, we would love this opportunity to help you get a little bit closer to that. We want to show you that you are worthy. We want you to bring all your belonging to this retreat because the person that you show up as will definitely not be the person that you leave as. And you won't ever see that person again. It'll feel like a whole other lifetime ago. We literally had that conversation. There's things in our past we think about and have video of and I'm like, I don't even know that girl. Whole other dimension, it almost seems like. Yeah, so I will put some information in the show notes and we'll keep you guys updated with the dates and the location and all that. I just want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank Brittany for being here, putting me in your calendar. I'm grateful we're doing it together. Amen. It's going to be big, y'all. It is. Going to want to be a part of it. Yes. We'll talk to you guys again soon, I'm sure. Absolutely.